is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, get unstuck nation. So today I have Bunny Young from A Better Place Consulting. Bunny focuses on using each day to fully deliver her purpose within this world. Bunny founded her company, A Better Place Consulting, to empower and educate about the impact of work-life alignment. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Bunny. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. It's truly an honor. Yeah, I appreciate you. So the core value of this channel or the whole Get Unstuck branding is about having a business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Because I know for the fact that how overwhelming feels like. But before getting there, how you start your entrepreneur journey? Um, by telling myself I wanted to be anything but an entrepreneur. So my <laughs> parents and my grandparents are all entrepreneurs and have their own companies. And I went to college and decided I was going to go the traditional route and have a career, have you know somebody else give me a paycheck and. I ended up getting burnout being a therapist and I went to my every, every job, every position that I had, I found that no matter what I was doing, I was always trying to improve the actual business behind what I was doing, whether it was lifeguarding or being an EMT or being a therapist. I just found myself constantly trying to improve the business because I knew that if we can improve the way that we served our customers, our clients, our patients, that ultimately the experience would be better and that everybody would be less stressed. And so when I decided to move away from being a therapist, I moved into organizational psychology and helping companies really recognize that Humans are not just resources, but they're individuals that have emotions and thoughts and behaviors and needs. And so improving, we focus so much on the physical health of, of a human. And we've now recognized, at least in American culture, that having those benefits to um, a physical wellness program benefits in the workplace. And so now addressing the mental side of that. And there really wasn't a job for somebody who's a retired model and stunt woman and has a master's degree and a license in counseling and psychology and can't stand sitting in an office, but loves getting out and really getting into the experiential learning aspect of it. And so I created one. That's just what I decided to do. And since 
the the rest is kind of history. Um, my I have two daughters, and the joke in our family there's a kids movie that there's a robot that says "see a need, fill a need," and my husband will joke that I see a need and start a company. So now I'm up to five. Okay, yeah, that's that sounds very interesting. But let me go back a little bit. Even though you are the therapist, you are so feeling burned out. That's something oh, that yeah. many people like not really realize that because whenever as a patient, let's say that as yeah, as a patient, I used to go to therapist. So when I feel bad, when I feel all, I always go there. Like someone always there for me. I never think in terms of like on the other hand. Seems like this is something that you have to fill your own cup first before you help other people. Oh yeah, definitely. And and as a therapist, I had the opportunity and the privilege to work with a, a variety of populations. So I worked in private practice with my own. I worked in child protective services, adult protective services, individuals who are incarcerated, individuals who were struggling with addiction. And so being able to kind of work with all of these different populations, I recognize how their energy impacted mine. And it was my first real recognition of the power of empathy between humans and being understood, able to have boundaries and say that your emotions aren't mine. So I'm not going to take them home today. Mm. And nevertheless, with child protective services, it's probably one of the most and least fulfilling things that I've ever done in my life. Because on one hand, you would have this success story And then I'd go back and look at, at the time we were still using paper schedules and uh, all of, you know, our files were in lock boxes in our trunks, but I go back and look at my files and there's 80 plus other kids that don't have a success story yet. And so I found myself aligning my value and my purpose with my job instead of with my gift and mm-hmm. my, my true value and with my skills and abilities. And so since I was so focused on my job and the success of my job, and I was determining the success of my job by how many kids I was able to help. The reality is, is that I couldn't do everything for these families. You know, I I couldn't be there to cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I couldn't be the parent, step in and get sober for that individual. And so, you know, I really, really struggled with that identity. And so then moving into working with individuals who are incarcerated, it gave me a whole new perspective on person-centered language and how, you know, instead of believing in this identity that I'm a criminal, I'm just an individual who is serving time for a really bad choice Mm. that I made in my life. And some of them serving for a really bad choice they didn't make in their life. You know, the, the statistics on those that are serving time that are falsely accused and so the, and, and falsely convicted. And so I just found myself in this kind of sense of like, well, what am I really doing? Like what impact am I really having? And I met with my supervisor and I've, I've ridden horses and had horses in my life, my entire life, as, as far as I can remember. And I remember that my supervisor at the time had said, why don't you just go spend some time? Her husband, as fate would have it, wanted to start a therapeutic program for not just riding because therapeutic riding and the physical rehabilitation and for children was popular, but from a groundwork perspective and teaching people about themselves through horses. And that's really where I realized that 
burning out as a human is absolutely devastating to humanity as a whole. Because when a herd member is not capable of fulfilling their purpose, is not capable of showing up, is depressed, is chronically weak. Um, And I say weak in the aspect of just applying it to, you know, not having the energy or not having the mental clarity. I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that mental health um, and lack of mental health is, is a weakness, but I'm applying it to a herd structure is that you don't have the option to have a herd member that is waking up every single day, not able to fulfill their purpose and it, within the, the herd. And that's really where I started to realize the difference between the, the steps of burnout and that I had a choice before I got to chronic burnout to make some different choices and perspectives and mindset shifts in my life. And here I was talking to your point, talking to people about mindset, mindset shifts and perspectives and how they weren't powerless over their lives and weren't powerless over certain aspects. And then it took working with horses to really realize that my mindset around what it meant to be an entrepreneur and the biases that I had around entrepreneurship were not true. Mm, yeah, that's like a great thought. So I also used to work in an organize, international organization, which you just mentioned that you also work in some of them. I'm not sure how many, but oftentimes like every quarters or every six months there will be some psychiatrist coming in to like give a seminars or like give a, a whole mindset shift and telling yeah. us at that time as far as I remember like to reduce stress by how to communicate with family member because everything are confidential at the, the organization that I used to work with and what I realized is that overwhelming feeling is contagious mm-hmm. like absolutely it's really contagious and it's all the room feeling the same energy level and I I couldn't forget how that feel at all but very absurd I would say that that's I'm just like couldn't stay there anymore that's another reason as well yeah but it's really true like and the longer you stay in that place that you feel like it's not belong it's not aligned with you anymore the more you feel like empty right yeah and and the irony for me was that the better I was at my job the more work I had to do yeah not only you yeah that's true I just spoke to a friend of mine yesterday who still remained working there and she's like I don't know what to do I just couldn't stop working like I couldn't yeah. stop thinking and I couldn't couldn't stop anything at all <laughs> yeah and my I allowed myself I made the decision to work with a client on a fractional basis and mm. we set up very clear boundaries and you know this was after I left actually practicing as a therapist and I remember that the client called me on Christmas morning and I answered the phone. This is my fault. This is completely and totally my fault. And my husband said at the time, if you're going to give somebody else your all, like charge them for it. And, and, and in reality, there's no amount of money that you could pay me. There's no Tahitian Island that I could be given that would equate to me answering the phone on Christmas morning ever again. But see, in my mind, I didn't yet have the level of my value clear. I wasn't aware of my value. I was aware of this job client relationship and the fact that me answering my phone equated to security for my family, for me to be able to 
purchase Christmas gifts and provide Christmas gifts. And that was not true. Like the misunderstanding was that me being constantly available made me more value and in actual made me more valuable. And in actuality, you had asked me prior to getting on this podcast as far as what, how people can work with me. Well, to work with me individually, I only work with four clients individually on an annual basis. Most of my clients I work with through group programs where they do most of the work on themselves with themselves as a community, because I'm not a magical fairy that's going to wave a wand and all of your, you know, obstacles and problems are going to disappear. It takes your self work. And so I really take my individual clients from those individuals who are in the program and just want to have that above and beyond support. Cause I found for so many of my clients, when I was a therapist, I became so frustrated in private practice because I'm sitting down on a couch across from somebody listening to them complain about their babysitter being late. And so they were late for their massage. And I was like, how is it that in a system I can make $26,000 a year helping 84 kids a week who can barely have enough food on the table? And in order to actually make a living as a therapist and actually provide for my own family that I've got to sit with people who don't necessarily need me to sit here and listen to them. And I'm not saying that that's the case for every single one of my patients, because there were definitely private pay and private practice patients that, you know, needed me to be there. But for the most part, even the very best and seasoned and valuable therapists you will find are, are completely cash only, you know, don't even deal with insurance because it's become such a a hassle. The paperwork alone, I remember just the paperwork in working with child protective services and, you know, even in organizational psychology, having to put together a proposal for what the outcomes would be for their workforce. And it's like, I don't know, you know, what's your workforce going to show up and do? It's so difficult to create a treatment plan for individuals that I don't know their level of motivation. And so it's just been a really interesting ride. And so I wake up each day with the assumption that I'm waking up because my purpose is still not yet fulfilled fully. And I show up and I had this conversation with a colleague yesterday because we were talking about launching these well-being forums emotional well-being forums in Fortune 500 companies and how we were going to present them to these Fortune 500 companies. And the reality is, is once Fortune 500 companies and our clients started to realize the benefits of emotional well-being and mental well-being in the workplace, the same way that they realized the benefits of having an on-site gym or, you know, wellness benefits, we don't have to make the phone calls. They're calling us and emailing us because they want to be able to provide this for their workforce. And, and in some ways it sounds crazy, but we already had an epidemic prior to 2020 and it, it was in the mental health world. And if anything, remote working and, you know, the, the social injustices and racial injustices that were brought about from the past year have just highlighted the need for us to create that space. And as you said, not pour from an empty cup because most of us were trying to. Yeah. 
hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with you. But until when you get this clarity that okay, you gotta move. I mean, move forward your entrepreneurial yeah. journey. Like this yeah. is too much for you already. Like what is the aha moment or like breaking point? The actual breaking point was a hurricane, quite literally. My husband will tell you it took a natural disaster for me to realize this. I can't claim to be the smartest human on the face of this planet. So we were in the Dominican Republic and we were in a hurricane and um, we were locked inside of our room. The resort was boarded up and it was like two days of just torrential downpour and really strong winds. And we had enough battery in my laptop to watch one movie with my then, I think she was like two or three year old daughter. And my husband turned to me and said, you know, this is the first time that you have sat through an entire movie without checking your phone, getting up to do something, doing laundry. He's like, you just, you, there's no stillness in his words. He's a very simple, amazing, incredible individual, but I realized, and then he said, and it only took a hurricane. And we laughed. And then I sat there and thought about it for a really long time that the fact that it took no electricity, no distractions, absolutely nothing, no excuses for me to make space and time to sit with my daughter, who is a miracle in and of herself, and just enjoy a movie with her. So when you talk about that aha moment, it's for me, it was the space. It's the awareness. And, you know, when you people are in constant conquest and search of their purpose or of their passion, and the challenge is to go slower and create space and get to know yourself. Because in order to know what your purpose and your passion is, you really have to go internally and reacquaint yourself with the human that you are. And that little child who was once asked what you want to be when you grow up. And for the most part, most of those answers are coming from what we think our parents want us to be, or what we think society wants us to be or what power or what whatever equates and is influencing us but really go back to that internal child and say well what is it what is it that that you want out of this life that you've been given and that's a really powerful moment to do that and so the that's the long answer to your question is that aha moment came when we're in this hurricane and i'm i've got 300 emails and messages when we finally get wi-fi and internet back and power back saying are you okay are you alive and then my biggest client that the majority you know this is the same individual that i answer answered the the phone on Christmas has two dozen emails. That's like, why aren't you answering your, your email? Well, a I'm on vacation and B I'm in a hurricane, you know? And so if somebody doesn't value me that much, unfortunately, that's a mirror that's showing me how much I valued myself in that moment. And so as much as I wanted to be upset with that individual and I set up that misunderstanding in our relationship with our boundaries. And so it took a complete cutoff of that relationship for me and say, okay, the relationship and the value that I hold for myself is this. And I commit to only attracting and working with clients and having friends and family members. And this was a really difficult thing too, because family, family is everything. 
well, I have family members that are not blood related. And I have family members that are blood related that I don't consider family. And so, but it really depends on what your internal value is. I, I had a conversation with an individual who's in a 12 step program. And he shared with me that you really find out who your friends are when you stop drinking, because mm -hmm. a lot of people will send you that email or send you that text or whatever message and say, Hey, do you want to go hit the bar? And when you're like, no, I'm trying to make this this change in my life. And if they're really your friend, they're supportive. And it's not to say that they can't drink, but most certainly when you're in recovery and you're working a program, it's not really supportive to, to drink around that individual. And as a friend, you want somebody who support this chapter and journey that you're on. And it's not to say that you shouldn't do what you want to do with your life. But really, I have really focused on my tribe and quality of my tribe rather than the quantity of my tribe and reducing the amount of social media interaction and all of this kind of stuff and really just focusing on the individuals that I have around me and how they support me in becoming a better person and really making this world a better place. Yeah, and that's your consulting name, right? So yeah, I, I really resonate with you on that. Like, I think the most challenging part in my journey is to be aware of myself, like until I able to accept who I really am that's when I able to let go of things. And my name is Mutita, right? I mean, if anyone listen to he here and know it's the Buddhist name, it means happy for others. So that's my name. And that's literally, um, I didn't mean that my name drives who I am, but I actually that kind of person. So it's like my morning prayer every morning. <laughs> this is like starting to spiritual, but I'm not really that spiritual to be honest. So I just say like, if that person align with my path moving forward, I'm welcoming them. But if not, if they cause me headache, drain my energy, I am so happy to let them go. And I love them enough to let them go. Like I really seriously saying that every morning yeah. to tell myself that it's okay to let them because it's too yes. much. Yes. Yeah. So when I was a stunt woman, our first year of marriage, my husband and I moved to Dalian, China. It was actually slightly north of Dalian. And in China, when you get married, they give you these two elephants that are facing each other and they have this happiness symbol on, on each of them. And this has been years since this was explained to me. However, I... It's, it's like a token of the unity of not just being happy in marriage, but in striving to make yourselves happy with each other and with yourselves and having that union, that marriage, that unified spirit being uh, and happiness doesn't translate in, in Chinese it doesn't translate to what we think of in America as far as just like happiness. It's like fulfillment and so many other things wrapped up into one amazing, beautiful symbol. But I remember that, you know, we were gifted this as like newlyweds, right? And of course, there's this whole idea of the honeymoon phase. Well, okay, I can tell you after being married for over a decade that happiness evolves in marriage and it means different things. And I still have my little elephants and it's on a necklace and they're two little jade elephants. And I look at them to, to just think about the people in my life. It, it goes beyond marriage for me, but the people in my life, to your point, 
I want them to be able to reflect back a vibration or an energy or a light that I have for myself and that there's going to be times when I need some more from them and they're going to need some more from me. It's more like a teeter totter than it is actually balanced, but it's the same idea of a relationship in that I'm not constantly pouring. Otherwise I will end up with that empty cup. And I just remember receiving that as a gift and thinking to myself, okay, so for the rest of my life, it's my job to make my husband happy. And it's such a naive thought to think back now, because really there's just so much meaning around the double happiness. And and you can Google it if you're listening to this and, and you're like, what is she talking about? Because there's, there's a, there's an intention and there's a purpose and, and there's a meaning behind it that is not very well explained by this American. However, when I look at my elephants now, it almost goes back to when I studied yoga and we end each practice with namaste, which is the light in me sees and honors the lighten you. And that's really the kind of tribe that I want to surround myself with. Yeah, 100%. So after all of this that we are talking about fighting the lights within ourselves, reduce all the distraction and also able to move forward with our true self right here. What about in terms of business? So you work with many industry, let's say many types yeah. of people. And so far, I do believe because I myself also one of them that entrepreneur really stressful. It's kind of like pretty stress. Yeah. So stress is energy, right? It, it was given to us as an evolutionary response to survive. Mm. And so what you do, stress, stress is just energy to take action. Mm-hmm. And if you're experiencing chronic stress without action, that's where you can end up burning out or mm-hmm. leading to long-term effects of depression. Mm-hmm. But stress is not a bad thing. I don't know how many therapists would tell you that, but stress is not necessarily a bad thing. Stress is is an indication and awareness. If you're aware that you're stressed, then you're aware that there's action that has the opportunity to be taken. Mm-hmm. And to go back to the elephants and the double happiness, the work that I do should honor and reflect the light in me. And if I show up to work and I don't have that reflection back at me, if I have the relationship mirrored to me that I explained with my hurricane client, then that is an indication that I'm going to be feeling daily stress to take action. And anybody in any of my companies, because I've started and sold many companies, will tell you that I'm the visionary. I I get really excited. I start a company. I'm with it for like two years, two and a half years. And then normally I'm out because what makes me happy and what is exciting for me is being able to start it and grow it and attract people to it. And the companies that I've had for longer than two years, two and a half years, have people that allow me to stay in that visionary space and they run the day-to-day operations and they do the maintenance of the company so that I can stay in that visionary like product development and uh, client development arena, because that gives me happiness. If you told me today, okay, you know, you're just going to go. My daughter was joking with me about this last night. I love all animals, but I'm not really a cat person. Cats. It's not that I don't like cats. It's just that cats have never really liked me. But if you told me tomorrow, I'm going to have you go start a cat cafe. I don't know that I would be 
as stoked six months into it after we had picked the location and run all the the PLs and the projections and done all the business stuff. Like once I was sitting in there sipping my coffee with a bunch of cats, I probably wouldn't be as stoked as you were like, hey, I want you to go to Ireland and help start this professional development equine retreat facility out in Ireland. I love horses. I love travel. My family's from Ireland outdoors. And so really that's the relationship with your company and your job. So when you think about it is your professional development, think about it as marriage counseling with your job or your company. And how do you improve that relationship between you and your job or your company and to break the codependency as well. Because remember that I admitted in full transparency that I had a codependent relationship with what was on my business card was my identity. Today, after much business coaching and investment in myself and professional development, the thing that's on my business card, which I don't hand out anymore, (laughs) is my name. That's what's on my business card is my name. So, and the reason that I don't hand it out is because now we actually have this process where I can connect with individuals authentically and email was not something that I enjoy. You know, you emailed me and you get an autoresponder that says, you know, I'm not going to check my email for like a week. So if you need anything, email Victoria or go to the website because we've done our best to put all of the resources that you could possibly need on our website. I don't love email. I don't love living in email. And anybody who knows me knows that. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't give out business cards. But also, you know, we don't live in a land of business cards currently. So Do you think it's about timing in life as well that like reach to your point that like be just be yourself? I think that it is about your relationship with yourself and how deep you can go within that process. And that's really your timing. I I don't mean to say that you have control over your timing, but you have the ability to say, I'm going to start my workout routine today, this afternoon, right now, tomorrow, a week from now. And I was just having a really com- uh, difficult conversation this morning because it's the, the more investment that I make in myself. And I don't mean in like spa day manicures and pedicures, although those are amazing. I really mean in the figuring out where the fears and the obstacles and the things that have been, I perceive holding me back. That's really the perspective shift for me. The first, I was in Houston, Texas, visiting family and also doing a little bit of work on March, I believe it was March 9th and of 2020. And I got on a plane and I remember seeing people wearing masks. And then, you know, I got back on that Tuesday and on Wednesday, the world pretty much closed down. Mm. And I, I, we had this conversation with our team because, you know, we had like $300,000 worth of contracts that, that were canceled. Um, or postponed or delayed or whatever it was. And I, and I sat down with our team and I said, all right, let me just throw something at you for a second. What if this is happening for us instead of to us? And in actuality, that mindset, that perspective, that choice is what launched the emotional and mental well-being in the workplace platform. 
because we used to say work-life alignment, work-life integration. We used to like say everything that we could to avoid the stigma because nobody in the professional development space wanted to talk about mental health. Nobody wanted a business therapist. And now we don't have enough consultants to fulfill all of the requests. And so we're creating, you know, programs to help companies be able to access mental health resources, not therapy, but mental health resources. And that is completely possible to do when you are invested in exploring your own mental health. It's just like you don't need a personal trainer to work out. You can be given uh, the resources and use them on your own. And if you find that you need a personal trainer, then go seek a personal trainer. So that less about timing and more about mindset and perspective. Yeah, that's a very good scenario about the person. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if you have a tool, try to do that by yourself first. And then if you think that it's not enough, seeking for personalized. Yeah. So in case, I mean, until now, I think many people can relate. I'm sure this is like something that we don't really speak about, but we feel it like within for a long time, right? So in case anyone wants to follow your work or like reach out to you or even work with you, how can they reach out to you then? So the best place to go to actually connect with me, if you want to see all of the authentic craziness is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at bunny has six legs and I answer direct messages on Instagram. So I won't give you my email because that will be useless, but my calendar is also listed on our website, abetterplaceconsulting.com. And I know there's going to be a link in the show notes to an ebook that you can download for free. That's my gift to you just to say, I see you, I honor everything that we're going through as humans right now. And here's a little gift to help you on your journey. And so, you know, but if you have the inclination to want to see the authentic craziness that is my life, I don't hold anything back. I'm an open book on Instagram. And then of course, the the company's Instagram is at a better place consulting. Thank you for enlightening and also share your Get Unstuck journey with Get Unstuck Radio today, Rani. Oh, it has been my honor. I hope that your listeners stay safe and stay sane. Same to you. Take care. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.